0: now back to ESPN West Palm tonight here's Cyrus Whitting as a guy who has had back issues for most of his adult life countless procedures done very excited to talk with our next guest on ESPN West Palm tonight this is Dr. Zachary Grable a spine surgeon at HSS Florida, the West Palm Beach outpatient location of New York's top-rated hospital for special surgery. Dr. Grable treats conditions ranging from degenerative spine disorders to complex deformities using a variety of techniques, including minimally invasive spine surgery and artificial disc replacement. Dr. Grable, appreciate you being with us here on ESPN West Palm tonight. Let's start with the basics. Back pain, back problems, there is a variety of different kinds and in, in different areas. There's sharp pain, there's dull pain, lower back, mid back, upper back. All that said, doctor, when should someone come see you at HSS?
1: Great question. So as you mentioned, a lot of people have back pain. Essentially 80% of the population, adult population is shown to have back pain. Um, a lot of times back pain can be coming from muscle issues such as a muscular strain or even arthritis, so bone-on-bone issues that are not dangerous at all, the time when you would want to go see a doctor is if you're having any sort of lower extremity symptoms. So for example, if you're having numbness or tingling in the legs or weakness in the legs, then I would say it's probably best to go see a doctor to potentially get imaging um, and get this checked out. Also, sometimes people will have pain that may start in the low back that radiates down the buttock or the legs, and that may be indicative of also a nerve issue. And so at that time, I'd say it's probably best to see a doctor to get that checked out. But if you're just having back pain without any of the leg symptoms, then it's really about what makes you, the patient, feel better. So some people will say, if I um, get massages, that helps. Great, do that. Some people will say ice helps or heat helps. Um, or um, traction helps, all of those things, if they make you feel better, then you can certainly do those. If you try, you know, a whole bunch of stuff and none of that helps, then of course, you can also see a doctor and get imaging and see if there's anything else that's going on that may be nerve-related and, you know, that may be helped by additional therapy, um, whether it's physical therapy or injections, and then, of course, as a last resort, surgery.
0: Dr. Grable, you mentioned that numbness. And or tingling in the legs or pain that starts in the lower back and goes down to your buttocks, down to your legs are, are signs that you should go see a doctor in the, in the near future. When someone has those symptoms, come sees you at HSS Florida, how do you zero in on what's causing the pain? What, what kind of imaging do you use? X-rays, MRIs, a combination? How do you diagnose a back problem? So
1: generally, we will start with x-rays and make sure that there's no issues with the bones or the alignment. And then assuming there's not, we'll go straight for an MRI. And the MRI is, is helpful because the MRI is really what allows us to see the nerves the best. And so if somebody were to have a disc herniation or a pinched nerve, that would be picked up on an MRI.
0: Here on ESPN West Palm tonight with Dr. Zachary Grable, spine surgeon at HSS Florida. Dr. Grable treats conditions ranging from degenerative spine disorders to complex deformities. He uses a variety of techniques, including minimally invasive spine surgery and artificial disc replacement. Dr. Grable, speaking of surgery, I've always heard that Back surgery, regardless of the type of surgery, is always sort of a last resort. That said, when should someone consider spine surgery?
1: Sure. So generally, most people are not going to have any issue that I would consider critical or emergent where they have to go straight to surgery. So in most people, we try physical therapy. We try injections, epidural injections first as well as multiple uh, medication modalities, so whether it's a steroid pack or a nerve medication such as gabapentin or Lyrica or anti-inflammatories and we would try all of those things first. If none of those things help and um, the patient's symptoms are not only persistent but are affecting quality of life, that's when we would turn to surgery. Or alternatively, if they had a neurologic deficit, so if they have true weakness Or any issues with bowel or bladder function, or dense sensation issues, then you know that would also potentially push us to surgery. But uh, usually, we we try all these non-operative things first.
0: Doctor Grable, I know that one of your specialties is minimally invasive spine surgery, and I was wondering if you could talk about that further and touch on the the types of spine surgery that can be done in a minimally invasive manner and, and how that's accomplished and what conditions are right for, again, that minimally invasive surgery?
1: You're right. A lot of what we used to do now can be done through much smaller incisions. And so um, I think the types of surgeries that it makes the biggest difference for or the surgeries that actually used to involve the biggest incisions, which are the lumbar fusion procedures. So oftentimes now we can do these lumbar fusions um, with much smaller incisions and without having to dissect a lot of muscle. So you know, originally, many years ago, if someone were to undergo a big lumbar fusion procedure, meaning a procedure with rods and screws, you would have to make a big incision, dissect all the muscle in order to get down to the bone, to see the bone, and then place your rods and screws. Nowadays, through different technologies, such as computer-assisted navigation, we're able to actually just make small little incisions and basically, thread the screws through the skin and soft tissue, and using the navigation, put these in the exact spot that they need to go without actually having to dissect all of the muscle. So, you know, now a lot of surgeons are employing these minimally invasive techniques into um, what used to be bigger surgeries a couple of years ago.
0: Dr. Grable, as I mentioned from the outset, I'm a guy who has suffered back issues, back problems, back pain for most of my adult life, a lot of wear and tear from playing football. And I remember being in a surgeon's, a a back surgeon's office, and he was telling me that, hey, manage the pain because maybe three, five years down the road, we're going to have some new advancements that we haven't even started looking at yet. That leads me to ask you, have we had leaps and bounds when it comes to Back surgery, treating back issues, and and if so, can you talk about some of uh, the the advances we've made in technique and technology?
1: Yeah, so I think spine surgery is a field that has had significant changes in terms of technology and new techniques, and so I'd say maybe in the last five to ten years is when that change has occurred, and nowadays, like I said, a lot of what we do can be done more minimally invasive And we're using technologies such as navigation, which is an intraoperative CT scan to show us exactly where we need to put the hardware without having to do a big dissection. And we are now starting to have robotic surgery and spine surgery as well. That's something that I think is only going to further advance as time goes by. That's something that I think is really exciting for spine surgeons.
0: Couple more things here with Dr. Zachary Grable, spine surgeon at HSS Florida, who treats conditions ranging from degenerative spine disorders to complex deformities. He uses a variety of techniques, including minimally invasive spine surgery and artificial disc replacement. Dr. Grable, let's stay there. Let's stay with artificial disc replacement. I know that as people get older, the discs that cushion the spine in between vertebrae start to, to wear out, and that causes pain. How is that usually treated? Can you just tell us more about artificial disc replacement?
1: Sure. So, you know, the discs are, as you mentioned, the cushions between the vertebrae, which is the bones in the spine. And So you have discs throughout your entire spine, whether it's from your neck all the way down to your pelvis. And there are different conditions that will result in these discs wearing out. And causing um, and potentially herniating or causing some nerve impingement. And generally speaking, these disc replacements are used in those situations, and they're most commonly used in the neck. So, if somebody were to have a disc herniation and nerve impingement in their neck, but they were young and relatively active and didn't have, you know, a lot of other arthritis and their alignment was good, then and they failed non-operative management, then a disc replacement maybe a really good option for this person whereas uh, originally before these disc replacements came about we were putting in a little spacer or a block of bone and actually fusing the two bones where the disc used to be together now this disc replacement allows us to avoid a fusion procedure so that the patient can still maintain their motion throughout their spine and you know allow them to be active and recover quicker than they would have been had they had a fusion procedure
0: Dr. Grable, we spoke just a moment ago about advancements in spine surgery. And I I know that a lot of people are hesitant to deal with back issues and and maybe eventually face that surgery because they are worried about uh, the recovery times and whatnot. So going back to, again, advancements in back surgery, have those led to advancements in recovery? Have those led to lessening the time to recover and, and helping get, helping patients get back to, uh, to activities and things they love faster.
1: Yeah. So I think recovery time has um, drastically changed in the sense that nowadays, when you're employing some of these minimally invasive techniques, at least I usually tell my patients that the worst of their pain will be in the first three weeks or so. And somewhere between four and six weeks, people really turn the corner and by three months, you're feeling pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. And it's almost to the point where patients feel so good so early that it's it's almost dangerous in a way. I have to <laughs> reel them back because they like to get into activity right away. But I have to reel them back and say, listen, I want you to take it a little bit easy because we still need everything in the inside and the spine itself to heal. Whereas, you know, before these techniques people would self-limit because they were in so much pain for, you know, six months or so, they wouldn't be doing any of that. But now we see early and earlier patients are trying to get back to activity, and we do allow them to get back earlier than they used to, but it's just not um, sort of a testament to how quick people are recovering in terms of their pain levels after surgery.
0: Well, Dr. Grable, as I know, a lot of challenges, frustration in dealing with back pain. So. Let's end on a high note. Let's end right there. Recovery uh, a lot better. You guys are doing such awesome work at HSS. Of course, HSS Florida down here in West Palm Beach. Again, Dr. Grable, sincerely appreciate the time, all the info, all the insight. Certainly looking forward to our next conversation.
1: No problem. Thank you.
0: Great stuff there from Dr. Zachary Grable, spine surgeon at HSS Florida. To learn more about Dr. Grable and all of his amazing colleagues at HSS Florida. Go to hss.edu slash Florida. Again, that's hss.edu slash Florida. We're taking another break. Be back with my guy, Andy Cagnetta, CEO of Transworld. We're going to talk some business, talk some sports, talk a little bit about how they intertwine. We'll be back on ESPN 106.3.